Otherwise on SAFM. Welcome to Thursday's edition of Otherwise in Zanzi on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Shadow Twala. Hazel Markuzeni is our producer and Lance Andrews, our technical producer for today. Our contact details are 0892-102010. Email otherwise at safm.co.za. Tweets at otherwise safm or at Shadow Twala. Now, listen, we're talking about death uh, and dealing with the loss of someone, but it, it doesn't have to be dark. We've all had the experience at one time or another, and that's why we've invited grief counsellor Leslie Schroeder, who joins me in the studio, and it's lovely to have someone in the studio for a change. And then later on, we speak with Tertia Berger, who is the CEO of Stepping Stone Hospice and Care Services, and they provide special palliative care to people experiencing the impact of life-threatening illness. But before we do all of that, I thought we'd get our lunch bite, and this time from Albert Einstein. A human being is part of the whole called-by-us universe, a part limited in time and space. He experiences himself, his thoughts and feelings as something separated from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of his consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion, to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature and its beauty. As part of our country's 20 years of freedom celebrations, SAFM has once again partnered with the Samafco Trust to bring the 6th annual OR Tambo AG Tour to Tanzania. To stand a chance to be one of the young people to embark on this all-expenses paid liberation heritage tour, enter the essay writing competition by visiting oret.org.za and choose one of the listed topics or call 011-339-7900 for additional info or sfm.co.za. Stay tuned to SFM for more details about the OR Tambo Institute. SFM, in partnership with the Somafco Trust. Closing date is 30th of June. Tax tip number two. Why stand in a queue? With e-filing, you're always first in line. Just register on sarsefiling.co.za and join more and more South Africans who e-file their returns the fast, easy and convenient way. And if you need help, just click the Help You E-File icon on your e-filing profile. Follow the prompts and a friendly SARS contact center agent will help you every step of the way. With e-filing, everything is at your fingertips. Remember, tax season opens 1 July. SARS, at your service. The Independent Communication Authority of South Africa, ICASA, invites people with disabilities and their representatives to public hearings to develop a code for people with disabilities in relation to telecommunications, broadcasting and postal services. Members of the public and community organizations are also encouraged to participate in a process that will ensure the rights of people with disabilities are taken into account in the, prov- in the provision of ICT, ICT services. The public hearings will be held in various provinces of the country on the 11th of July 2014. For more information about the dates, venues and time slots for the public hearings, please contact Mavungu Makato on 011-566-3429, that's 011-566-3429, or email mmakatu at ikasa.org.za. That's m-m-a-k-a-t-u at ikasa.org.za. Otherwise, on SAFM. 
Now to welcome my guest, I'm very excited. Leslie, is it Schroeder? Schroeder is. Uh, I, I battle with it. Schroeder. All Schroeder. Schroeder. Fantastic. Welcome. I'm so glad you came into the studio because usually I talk to people on the phone and I can only imagine what they look like uh-huh. <laughs> and only imagine the you know the expressions on their faces and sometimes I think they think, oh, what is she asking me? You know? <laughs> but thank you for joining me. Thank you. For Difficult subject, death, and um, I mean you know we, we've. Politicians, Nelson Mandela, lots of celebrities, but also loved ones. You must go to uh, the cemetery on a Saturday and Sunday. Weekends are packed with people burying other people, members of the family and those kinds of things. And I just wondered how it impacts on us and if we're doing the right thing to deal with it and what sort of things we should be dealing with. And, I, you know, when you walked in, you and I were chatting a bit and you said... Oh, no, but we mustn't be sad, you know. And I said, but we have to be sad. We can't put it away. So is there a perfect or or proper way of dealing with the loss of a loved one? I think there's been a lot of prescribed models Hmm. that came out of research and out of psychoanalysis that have tended to influence our thinking. You know, the concepts of closure, Mm. cutting ties, Mm. getting over it. And so when you lose somebody very close to you, people will often say to you after a couple of months or even weeks, have you got closure now? Mm. Have you moved on? And that's kind of given rise to the idea that there's a set time. Yes. For grief and for mourning. Yes. And then you have things like Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's work, which was actually quite widely misinterpreted because she was talking about terminally ill patients. Mm -hmm. And she spoke about anger, denial, bargaining, acceptance, depression. So now we have this idea that there's five stages or four stages to grief. And it seems to make it like a kind of a linear thing. Oh, I'm in the anger stage now. I'm (laughs) in the denial stage now. And in reality, grief is not like that. Grief is a lifelong journey. Mm -hmm. If you love someone, if you're very emotionally bonded to someone and they die, this isn't going to be six months, six years. It's a journey mm. of redefining kind of who you are now without them. Without them. So it doesn't have specific milestones. It doesn't have an end point. My son has been gone nine years now. So you lost? I lost my son Mark when he was 17. He's been mm. gone nine years. Okay. There is not a day that I don't think of him, that I don't miss him. It's become less overwhelming for me. But I don't see an end point to to that. When you do think of him and, and you miss him, uh, is, it, is it a sad thought or is it a celebratory thought? Or is it a, a positive thought that you have? Well, with Mark, I would say that my, my thinking has become increasingly positive mm-hmm. over the years mm-hmm. because... We had such happy memories, and he was such a wonderful son and a lovely person. So there is a lot of happiness, and you tend to be able to draw more on the beauty and the the love that you had Mm -hmm. and that you still retain inside of you, more than the sadness and the sorrow. But then that also depends on the circumstances of the death. Sometimes the circumstances of death can make it so much more difficult to think about the positive aspects like what you've learned from them what they taught you 
how you've incorporated that part of them almost into you. That's the kind of celebration I'm talking yes, about. Yes, that's a celebration. Mm-hmm. You become their ambassador. You you do things in their name. Yes. For instance, I went back to university and then I got my master's at Stellenbosch University. After and Afterwards, yes. And, well, he was really the catalyst for that academic study. And when I wrote my thesis... I dedicated the thesis to Mark because he started me on this journey of wanting to understand the grieving process and wanting to be a voice for those who can't articulate That's it. amazing. And particularly supporting shattered families. So I think there's a lot that can be celebrated if you can incorporate the best bits of the one you loved into the life that you live now. But now, I'm, listening, I'm listening to you and you <laughs> use words like shattered families. And I, I, I'm, I'm thinking, it, does, that, does that not exacerbate the feeling of loss? Because, you, you know, you, you feel shattered. You, you talk about a shattered family. It's like I see broken pieces absolutely that, that you need to pick up. Is that what? It's absolutely shattering. And I almost like to, if I'm talking about young people, siblings mm. in homes where, for instance, a child dies, I have five sons, so you can imagine Mm. dealing with four other sons who survived their brother's death and the shattering. And why I say shattering is because in a family, everyone grieves very differently. I can imagine. I mean, all all of us, all of us grieve. So apart from the grief you may be feeling, and remember with siblings, they don't all necessarily grieve as actively. There could have been bad relationships, sibling rivalry, Mm. all kinds of things. So you'll find that a mother, a father, children, and then you have ex-wives and new wives and blended families. It's a very different experience for everyone. And for those left behind, it can be the shattering as well of how their relationship changes with the other members of their family. Mm. For instance, a brother and a sister react completely differently. A mother and a father, a husband and wife react completely Mm. differently. And then they feel further shattered and isolated because they're not reaching each other in the midst of this total disruption of everything that they held true, everything that they expected for the future. I often find that there's probably even to shatter the family more, that which you talk about is, is, is uh, when people feel you, you're not grieving as deeply as I expect you to. Yes, because it becomes almost a competition. Yes, of who. Or it can be, I was closer to her than mm. you were, mm. therefore my grief is more. Mm. And you can find it in the types of death as well. Well, you lost one sister, you know, my sister was murdered, mm. or I lost all my children, you only lost one, or, you know, your son died in a plane crash, my son killed himself. Mm. And so there's this kind of idea that there's rankings or competition, and you can't do that because... Everyone's grief is immensely personal to them. Let, let's start with, with the whole concept of death. Um, why has it taken us so long to get used to it? Uh, to, we always seem so shocked when it happens. And it shatters us. It, it breaks us apart. It's, it's, it's as if it's the first time it happens every time we experience it. Even if it's in the same family, you, use a, you lose a mom, you lose a dad, but it still hits you the same way or we still react to it in the same way. Why does humankind not uh, kind of get into the cycle of birth, 
eventually leads to death mm. in whatever form or kind it happens. Mm. Um, is that not why we have a difficulty to deal with it when it happens? It's, it's almost that thing that we hardly want to talk about mm. or think about or prepare for, mm. for that matter. And I think it, it catches us by surprise at all times. Is there a way, and this is what I want to ask you as a grief counsellor, is there a way that we can prepare ourselves and the whole family? And you know what? One of these days, because people put money away for burials and they think, okay, that's dealing with a death. But we don't do the same with our feelings. We don't do the same with, our, with, with, with just the, the emotional preparation for the death. Yeah. I think 50 years ago, it was very common to have death in your family. A lot of families lost children that you know before we got better health care and so on there, there was a lot more death people would prepare their loved one's body they would bury them themselves so they were much more involved with the whole process mm. but maybe in our westernized world with the focus on health care and prolonging life there's always there's almost the shock that somebody could die. Why couldn't they be saved? And so there is a reluctance to accept the natural rhythm of life. And yes, it is unnatural, for instance, for a young person to die, mm. but they do. And we, I think what I found is, is for instance, with a young pe person, other people are so startled and put out of ease by it that they almost don't want to confront it. It's too shocking for them. Mm. And I, I do think that we should be able to find more of a rhythm with it and be more comfortable with embracing the impact of death in our lives because none of us are going to get out of here alive. Oh, for sure. For <laughs> but sure. I, I think younger people, what I'm seeing, you know, I did a lot of work with teenagers in high schools mm -hmm. across all cultures, language groups, mm -hmm. and so on. And I found that younger people, even with my own son's death, and then uh, um, we had another death in our family two years ago, and I found with both their deaths that the young people embraced the experience and walked through it in a much more conscious way than perhaps older people did. Okay, we're coming back. We're talking um, to grief counsellor Leslie Schroeder and uh, we're talking about dealing with the loss of someone, uh, which we've all had the experience of, and we'll take a break and come back after this. The Bumalanga Provincial Legislature will be officially opening for the first session of the 5th Legislature on Friday the 27th of June 2014 at 10am at Riverside Government Complex. The Honourable Premier Master Didi Mabuza will deliver the State of the Province address where he will outline the plans for the coming years. The Premier speech will be live on the Kuala Kuala FM, Ikwakwazi FM as well as on all community radio stations. Live satellite broadcast on giant plasma streams are scheduled as follows in the three districts Nkangala, Steve Chwete Local Municipality Henrina, Eshanzeni Mbombela Local Municipality Emanyeveni, Harzibande Albert Rituli Local Municipality Moi Plus Follow the proceedings live on DSTV Channel 319 Celebrating 20 years of democratic governance Moving South Africa forward The message is brought to you by the Mpumalanga Provincial Legislature Otherwise, 
on SAFM. Talking, um, dealing with the loss of someone. Um, Leslie, I want to know when somebody then uh, 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 reaches out to you as a grief counsellor. When do you step in? Is it immediately after the death? Or is it possibly weeks afterwards when you're not dealing with stuff? When, when do I come to you as a grief counsellor? I think, Shadow, in the beginning, you almost carried by those around you because you're experiencing such shock and numbness. Mm. And others are as well. For everybody who loved the person who died, who was part of their life, there's this shock, there's this numbness. So in the first couple of weeks, you're surrounded by people, you have having a memorial service, you have neighbors coming by with food, you have relatives who've come from elsewhere. So there's a lot of support, a lot of sympathy, and you, I would say that you're too shocked Maybe it's the body's way of protecting us when mm-hmm. we're in deep grief. You're too shocked to really start to piece anything together at that point. And that most probably lasts well into six weeks to three months, that, mm-hmm. that deep, deep sense of shock. And then I think the problem comes in, if I think back to my journey the first time, most probably around six months, you start to feel... Uh, increasingly isolated from those around you because that is when maybe you and your partner are grieving differently. Your children maybe start getting annoyed with you for crying all the time Mm. or brothers and sisters start to find that they are irritated with each other's way of dealing with the situation. And of course a lot of Weird things can happen in families, Mm. really weird things. And in normal relationships, Mm. somebody will break up with their boyfriend or their girlfriend because they're just not being understood. Mm -hmm. So the sense of not being understood, of being isolated, of people thinking that you're weird, starts to intensify. Because at that time, the shock has kind of settled in a little bit. And then if you're very close to the person that died, it's almost as if you'll start searching for them. You're yearning for them so much. You might know what I'm talking about. You're looking for a replacement. If they drove a white golf, you will suddenly start seeing white golfs everywhere. And you'll think, oh, it's a sign. And I've been there. And I don't think that I have any real mental problems. (laughs) But you're yearning. Uh, um, You go on holiday. My son had beautiful dark hair and a lovely way of walking, broad, straight shoulders. And I would see him everywhere. Wow. Uh, birds behave in strange ways. Their eagles fly overhead. And you think that's a sign? Yes, of course you do. You start to have dreams where you see the loved one, and sometimes they talk to you. Now, you start sharing that with other people. Oh, yeah. They, and believe they're me, you they're saying, <laughs> you know, we've got to do something about Leslie. <laughs> And they'll, they'll get you together and they'll say, look, it's time you went and saw the doctor. You have to go and see a psychologist. You need to get, you're depressed. You need mm. medication. Mm. And so there's either this concern that you're now not too lucky or there's this sense of, oh, my word, I can't deal with her. So everybody avoids you. They just start avoiding you. And that's when you feel totally isolated, alone, and misunderstood, and that is when you would most probably start thinking about speaking to So, somebody. isn't there kind of a, 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 do, a, a list of do's and don'ts? 
in order to get your life back. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm dreaming here because I think everyone reacts differently. But the things to try not to do or the things to try to do to, to, to reach out for immediately when, when your loved one has passed on, you know, you, you need to have a conversation with yourself and say, listen, I've got to, this is what I've got to do. Mm-hmm. I need to be strong. I need to, you know, so that I don't lose my way. Lose your way. And, and you can. I think that what happens is you pick up a lot of bad habits. Mm-hmm. You can pick up bad habits in the early stages of losing someone. So because you feel so disorientated, shocked, so maybe unmotivated because your whole future has been ripped away. Well, the future that you saw, because that person was Mm. very much part of your future. Mm. Now your future has to be redefined. So you pick up bad habits. You won't exercise. You battle to sleep a lot. You battle with concentration. You may drink too much. You may use too many prescription drugs or other kinds of drugs. There's a whole lot of things that can start to develop just after the last, that if you don't have kind, supportive people around you that can perhaps point them out, or if you yourself can't take hold of yourself and say, look, I need to exercise, I need to put basic Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. in place, then you can find yourself slipping really badly into all kinds of things that just seem to exacerbate the whole situation. And I think that's a very real problem. Now, the mourning, because, you know, we all mourn, and I don't know whether it, it, there is a, a, a good way of mourning and make sure that you walk away feeling you've given your best during that mourning period. What ought to happen during the mourning period? What, what, what is supposed to be happening to... Because I'm not sure if that mourning period also makes... Uh, matters worse for you because you, you almost expect to sit there, think about the person and, and, and grieve, you know, the whole time. Um, and and what does mourning, what is mourning supposed to, to do for you? I think, Shadow, that that also varies very much from culture to culture. Mm-hmm. And the idea of mourning in a collective sense is that Groups of people, communities can come together and give expression to the loss. And that does seem to be very comforting and very helpful because there is a sense that it's not only you mourning. You Mm. can share their experience. Mm. And so you see, for instance, I said young people embrace death better. They do the most amazing things. They get together at these schools and they... They do memorial gardens for a fellow learner oh, that that's died. Beautiful. They do the most wonderful things. Sometimes you'll read how they go out into the surf, and if the person who died yes. was a surfer, yes. and they'll throw flowers into the water and make a circle. Those things are incredibly symbolic, and I find that they're, they're very, very helpful. But perhaps, depending on your culture and your religion, mm-hmm. sometimes the mourning process is quite narrowly defined in terms of rituals and stepping stones Mm -hmm. and outside of that there isn't much room for expression Mm -hmm. or alternative ways of memorialization and that that can make it difficult okay um 
Yeah, I, 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 I really, I really have loads and loads of questions, and we're going to continue with this conversation with Leslie for a few more minutes, and then we speak to uh, looking after somebody that you know is on their way out, and that's with Tertia Berger. But in the meantime, we're going to take uh, news headlines with Sir Utile Sako. Thanks, Shadow. In the headlines at 1.30, the National Union of Metal Workers says it's going on strike from the 1st of July in the metals and engineering sector. The union is demanding a 12% wage increase across the board and a total ban on labor brokers. Cabinet has welcomed the end of the five-month platinum strike. Mine workers started reporting for duty yesterday after a three-year wage deal was signed. And Johannesburg rescue teams are continuing to search the rubble of a collapsed building at Power Park in Soweto that has claimed at least one life. Details at 2 o'clock. Otherwise, on SAFM. A very interesting conversation we're having with Leslie Schroeder. And, and we don't really have much time because this is actually quite a huge subject. We we could sit here for days just mm-hmm. talking about uh, losing someone and and the the grief that comes with it. Um, but uh, what sort of support do we give to somebody? Because you know I ask about the person who's lost a loved one, but I, I think as as, as Friends and and uh, community members, we would need to know when and what to do and how to give that that sort of support. Be kind, be kind, be, be kind. kind. You will not believe what unkindness people go through. Perhaps when it's been an accident or a murder, the loved ones get called by the police. They arrive at the police station. They get dealt with in the most offhand, unkind way. What sticks with you in those early weeks of the death experience is the level of unkindness Mm. and offhandness that you're subjected to, even harassment. So be kind, as kind as you possibly can be. Don't think, as some people do, that you won't have the right things to say. You often hear people phone me because now I'm, I'm so so called well versed in understanding grief, and they say, Leslie, what must I do? Mm. Um, what should I say to them? I don't know what to say. No one cares what you say because nothing you can say can make a difference. Mm. It's not about you. It's about the other person. Be kind. Be practical. Don't say to them, Let me know if you need help. They are never going to phone you. <laughs> be there with your car. Say, I I know you need to do this. I've come to take you so that you don't have to drive. Come and haul them out of their house and say, put on your tackies. We are going for a walk. Mm. I know you don't feel up to it, but come. Let me just drag you down the road for a little walk. Yeah, that first phone call is is awkward, hey? It's very awkward. And people don't know what to say. I've had it myself. I mean, I remember being asked to speak to a woman whose only child had died. So I sat there thinking, now how do I phone her? Because I have five sons and only one of them died. So now I feel, you know, her grief is more than mine. How could I possibly understand her? And Mm -hmm. how can I phone her? And eventually I pulled myself together and I just made the call. And you know what? All you have to do is listen. You don't have to say anything. You just listen. So there's no, there's no generic kind of conversation. No, be kind, listen, don't cut them short. If it's a close friend of yours, many friendships end when there's death mm. because they, people are misunderstood on both sides. And if it's a close friend of yours, don't say to them, I want the old Leslie back. 
You're not going to get her back. She's mm. gone forever. Mm. She's busy reinventing herself, reorganizing her, restructuring her identity almost. Because a lot of your identity, brother, sister, girlfriend, husband, wife, whoever you lose, is very close to It's like losing up. a limb. Hey? It's like losing mm. a limb. You know, you mentioned something about losing friends and being misunderstood. And when you cannot make funerals are, are very big kind of statements to make yeah. you, you ought to go to a funeral of, of of a friend's family member but if you're unable to go and you don't turn up it, it it's also a huge statement because people battle with that it you couldn't even come to my so and so's funeral you, I have to admit you do look and see who comes to the funeral oh do you? <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> you do notice this. Uh, I have to admit that one. We had a video, so I was able to oh, look at the video afterwards and like, see, oh, where was that person? <laughs> no, but seriously. And you stop talking to them? Soon? No, no. Okay. I think you've got to be a lot more gracious than that. Mm. But seriously, as much as it, I think it is very important to go to the funeral for the sake of those left behind, and I didn't think that nine years ago, but I realized when three, four hundred people started rolling into our garden for my son's memorial service. It was the most amazing thing to mm. me. And I was very touched by it. So even if you don't get a chance to speak to them or which you won't, it really uplifts you and holds you through that awful pain that you're in. But if you're close to the person and you can't go to the funeral for whatever reason, remember that you might be of a lot more help six weeks to three months mm. down the road mm. when they're starting to feel so terribly isolated. And then that could you be a very good time to step in to take a weekend and go and devote that weekend to maybe pampering, massage, yeah. yoga, something mm. really good, feel good, you know, cook for them. Um, yeah, and you, there's going to be harshness and misunderstanding, but if you're kind and there's enough love, you can get beyond that. Leslie Schroeder is a grief counselor, and there's, how do people reach you to, to, to get your services in any way? Right. Well, my main focus actually since doing my master's at Stellenbosch is on grief research, not yeah. on counseling as such, but I do counsel, and I have a website that might be helpful to those wanting to support okay. and those going through the death of somebody very close to them, mm-hmm. and it's www.leftbehind. Mm-hmm. So it's all about those left behind and how do we how do we help each other, how do we support each other and how do we find a way to continue to live of course. That's ho- in a way that's positive and hopeful. Leslie, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming into the studio especially. And I'm sure you'll be back because there's so much more to talk about. Thank you so much for your time. Leslie Schroeder and the website, website www.leftbehind.co.za. Taking a break and coming back to talk to Tertia Berger. Life is about being more savvy with your money, like when it comes to getting great returns on your savings. Oh, look at my little money babies, getting all nice and plump. Eugene, it's because your Nedbank step-up deposit has an interest rate that climbs every three months. I know, it's amazing, and it's linked to Prime. So if Prime goes up, your interest rate goes up. Yeah, but if Prime drops, I can move my money once a quarter. So my little money babies never stop growing. Who's your daddy? Huh? Who's your daddy? Make money babies happen with Nedbank Step Up Deposit. Visit any Nedbank today or call 0860-555-1. We're an authorized financial services and registered credit provider. Terms and conditions apply. Make things happen. Nedbank. 
SAFM invites you to be part of one of South Africa's finest gatherings of jazz musicians under one roof. The Standard Bank Jazz Festival from the 3rd of July, featuring the talents of Kyle Shepard, Hugh Masekela, Jimmy Tlutlu, Lira, and multi-Grammy Award-winning Maria Schneider. The winter days and nights in Grahamstown are going to be hotter than ever. SAFM is the official radio partner of the Standard Bank Jazz Festival. Book now at nationalartsfestival.co.za and join us there. Otherwise, on SAFM. Tersha Berger is the CEO of Stepping Stone Hospice and Care Services. Tersha, thank you for joining us. Hello. Hi. Thank you very much for having me. Tersha, um, what is a hospice? I think we need to all understand uh, when one goes to a hospice and what a hospice is. Is it, is it a, a space where uh, the terminally ill only go? Um, very much, yes. Um, we look after people who are in the final stages um, of their lives um, with a life-threatening illness. Um, so we would look after pain and symptoms um, and give them quality of life. Um, it's a well-known well fact, well, a, a well-recorded fact, that um, a, a patient under the care of a hospice over a six-month period would live on average 27 days longer than a non-hospice patient with the same disease. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But wouldn't that be a time for those people? I mean, knowing they're terminally ill, isn't that a time for them to um, be more with family than with, I would say, strangers in a, you know, in, in capital letters, strangers um, in, in a hospice? Well, we encourage the, the patients to stay at home and um, we care for them at home mm-hmm. um, very often until uh, death. Um, we do have inpatient units where patients are admitted in the, at the last five days of their lives, but only when the families are not coping or when they have little children at home. Um, and then even when the patient is in the unit, we encourage the family um, to stay with the, the ill person 24 hours a day. Now, dealing with the family that and, and they know that uh, the, the the person is, is is on their way out. Um, what sort of support do you give to the family? What sort of counselling is is available for them, and and how do you encourage them to 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 stay strong and solid during this time? I think knowledge is um, a lot of strength is gained from knowledge. Um, so we would. Hold, literally hold their hands through the, the dying process of the loved one. Um, we would, as and when the, um, the signs of dying appear, we would say to the family, um, it, it's okay, the, the color of the urine has changed. Um, that means that, that the kidneys are failing or um, that breathing pattern, it's, it's fine, that it's the final breathing. You know, so we would coax them um, through that. We do have social workers, and more often than not, it's just being there for them um, and being available um, for them to talk to. 
You you started Stepping Stone, did, did you not? Yes, I did. And that you started from your own personal experience of having lost a child. Yes, yes, it was uh, my daughter's dying wish um, that I start a hospice in Alberton. What did you, but did it assist you at all, or, or did you know yes, about, about um, My daughter was ill for many years, and pain control was really an issue. Um, she'd had um, 81 abdominal surgeries, um, so absorption of pain medication was very, very poor. Um, and once hospice came on board, she had quality of life. She went from being a bundle of bones lying on a bed, too ill to open her eyes, to um, going out for milkshakes with her boys. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't give her extra time, but it certainly gave her quality of life, and all of us quality of life with her. And, of course, the idea is not to have the patients think about dying all the time. is for them to appreciate being present at, you know, at st still being able to do certain things and enjoy. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. You know, there's... When, when people realize that they're dying, all of a sudden, a lifetime gets cut down into days or weeks or months. Mm -hmm. um, and there's so much to put in order, and um, people want to spend time with their family. Um, they start questioning um, their worth. Um, they, they worry about um, their children. Um, I know my daughter's biggest concern was her sons, mm -hmm. um, would they be able to cope? Um, and it gave her time to, um, she spent so much time with them. Um, and one of her most famous sayings is, um, I'm your mother, not your excuse. <laughs> um, <laughs> she really um, addressed every possible scenario that could arise afterwards. So how do you encourage people then to, you know, if, if they are looking after uh, 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 family members that are passing on and probably looking after them at home, mm. apart from sending them to you at a hospice, how do you give advice to them? You know, what, what are the things they should, they, yeah. they should be doing and what sort of conversations should they be having and what are the most important um um, uh, yeah, most important conversations, really, because it is about conversations, is it not? Absolutely. Um, well, first of all, the way a hospice works, we would send out um, a nursing sister on a weekly, monthly, bi-weekly, whatever basis, as much as it's needed. Mm -hmm. um, we may even place um, care workers with the, the families to assist with the care of the, the patient. And then we have social workers and, and grief counsellors that go in mm -hmm. and it's very important that conversations take place um, looking after the, the emotional de needs of a dying person is far more difficult than looking after their, their physical uh, needs mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so they have to prepare they have, you know, they have to appoint um, a spokesperson, you know, do they want to be cremated? Um, do they want um, to sign a, a do not resuscitate? Um, you know, there's, there's so many end-of-life decisions that need to be made. Mm -hmm. um, and we guide them 
very gently on that on that road. What about religion or spirituality? Um, a lot of people, most people, are um, seek God in in their final days. Um, if they need spiritual counselling, we able to assist them. Mm-hmm. Um, some people don't, um, and then we just back down. Um, but we find that that people will linger for days. Um, and when a priest or somebody comes in and says a final prayer, they they will finally die. It's almost as if they were waiting um, for the prayer. After all of that, um, Tertia, who looks after you, those that look after the ones dying? Because it must take a, a huge amount of, of, of energy from you as the yes. caregiver. Yeah. It must take a lot of um, yeah, emotional uh, outpouring from you Absolutely. as well. So who looks after you to make sure that you can give the service on a daily we, basis? We do have um, specially trained counsellors who do debriefing with us on a regular basis. Um, the care workers and the nurses, all of us, you become so attached to patients and families. Mm. Um, and every time they die, you've lost another loved one. Um, or you may go, um, in, in Stepping Stone, we have a pretty unique situation mm. um, in that to be on the management committee, you must have lost a loved one under the care of hospice. I see. Um, I it's see. very important. Else you can't. You can never understand. Mm. I'm so glad we could talk to you, Tosha, um, and 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 thank you so much for joining us. May may we have contact details for your hospice, yes, so people can can chat to you directly and get more information from you. Um, I'll give you my phone number. Our phone number is oh eight three. Yes. Oh no. Oh eight seven. Oh eight seven. Nine nine seven. Uh huh. Zero triple two. Zero triple two, and that's the Stepping Stone Hospice and Care yeah, Services. and then of course our uh, website is www.steppingstonehospice.co.za. Steppingstonehospice.co.za. Thank you so much for your time. Thank Tricia. you so much for having me and for creating this awareness. Lovely. Thank you. Yes, I'm sure we'll Thanks. talk again soon. Good. Thank you. Take Bye. care now. Oh, there it is, www.steppingstonehospice.co.za or 087-997-0222. And here's Minnie Ripperton. thinking about the ones we love and why we love them. It is now time for our children's story.